Hello, hello. Guys, uh, apologies for my croaky voice. That no one failed, everyone failed to mention that I was having my bachelor's this weekend. So we're going to give it a go, but it's going to be good. You guys doing well this evening? Two things about me. If you don't know, I'm getting married on the 5th of Jan. Come on. So, so if you want toys, you can go to the green room. But if you want to donate to the wedding, you can go to the left there as well. So just we'll put one of the yellow buckets. I thought it would be good. <laughs> no, but then another thing about me is I'm part of the team that leads LC Youth on a Friday. Come on. The best place to be on a Friday, if you don't know, and that was the last time I preached, so we're going to give it a go. You guys amped? Come on. I just thought as we get into the Christmas season, as we're going into the festivities and all the big vibes that have come and the Christmas lunches and everything, when I think about the Christmas season, one thing comes to mind, that's this word hope. You know that as, you go, as um, the story unfolds um, in the Bible, as you read the narrative of what happened with Mary and Joseph, you'll see that like up until then, nothing was really going on. God seemed to be kind of silent. There was nothing much happening in the story. But when Jesus arrived on the scene, there seemed to be hope. Hope came in, um, peace and everything came with it. But ultimately, there was this new hope in the world that ultimately changed everything forever. And I just want to share a small encouragement to you guys this evening that hopefully inspires you to hope again. I don't know what 2023 has done for you. Personally, for me, it's been a year of like up and down. It really didn't go as planned. But one thing which I, I know for sure is that when Jesus is in on the scene, when Jesus is involved in your life, when you trust him, no matter how hopeless the situation is, no matter what happens, there's always the possibility for hope. Amen? So I want to, I want to encourage you as we, as we read this, the, some Bible this evening, as, we, as I preach, I want to encourage you, think of that thing that's, that you've really been trusting God for that you're really just saying like, I want to trust God and hope in that again. And think about it, and hopefully, hopefully by the end, hopefully in God's timing, things happen and the miracles will come. Amen? So we're going to be reading out of this scripture in John chapter 11. It's the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. But this story is a cool little narrative. I don't know when last you read through the whole story. I know it's, everyone knows the, the part about Jesus walking up to the tomb and saying that Lazarus get out of that grave and Lazarus walks out and it's all you know, big chairs and everything. But if you've actually read through the whole thing, it's actually a very interesting narrative about Jesus having a whole bunch of different conversations with a couple of, group of groups of people. You see, up until this point, Jesus has just been, he's been preaching, he's been teaching, he's been doing miracles, he's turned water into wine. So Jesus is like, he's trending, he's going on, he's flipping, like he's doing the most. Guys are following him, he has a big following. And, and then all of a sudden, he has these group of people that are his dear friends, as the Bible tells us. These people which are Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And these are his dear friends, and they send a message to Jesus. We're going to read about it, and then I'm going to pull out a couple of things, share a bit of my story, and then we're going to go home. Is that good? Come on, let's go. So we're going to be reading from John chapter 11, verse 1. It goes like this. I'm reading from the NLT version because it's the way to go. It's the way to go. It's the easiest. If you're struggling to understand the Bible, get the NLT, everyone. It's just how it works. Come on, it should be on the screen. It goes, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. You can know when someone says your dear friend to Jesus, you know, there must be a big deal. You know, I want to be someone who's known as the dear friend to Jesus because there's a different weight. You know, Mary and Martha are saying they, they they've seen people get sick and healed that Jesus didn't even know, but they're like, listen, Jesus, your mate, your, your tight homie is sick that needs some healing. But then it says, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. 
No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from us. So although Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I get a bit confused. Because first of all, you told them that Jesus is their dear friend, that Jesus, they must have had a bit of time. They must have done a bit of relationship with them. They must have shared some meals, had some cool experiences, maybe gone on holiday together. I don't know what they did, whatever they did back in the day. But then Jesus says the most peculiar thing. He says, although it says, although he loved them, he stayed where he was for the next two days. You would have thought Jesus would have had a little bit more urgency. You know, you're thinking Mary and Martha send that they're like, cool, listen, Lazarus is sick, we're going to send a message to Jesus, and then Jesus is going to be there. He's like, he's going to hustle, he's going to catch a taxi, ride a goat, whatever they did back in the day, to get there as soon as possible. But Jesus just says this thing. He says, first of all, he makes a declaration of a promise that, that he says to him, where he says, the sickness will not end in death. And when Jesus makes a promise in your life, it's never, it's always going to come true. But then, secondly, it's really cool to see how Jesus wasn't, wasn't stressed by the situation. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm so grateful that we serve a God that in the chaos, in the brokenness of life, that we serve a God who's not stressed, who's not frantic about any situation, that he's calm because he knows that he's got it under control. Amen? And as Jesus says this, he says that, that he, they said, the Bible tells us that he just waited for two days because he knew. No matter how strange it might have seemed, no matter how confusing Mary and Martha must have been, I'm so grateful that we serve a God who walks alongside us in every tough situation that, uh, that actually he knows that what the outcome is going to be. He knows that, that the, he can bring peace and he knows that in every situation he's able to help us and guide us through it. Is that good? You see, I don't know if you've ever been in a place where like a lot is going wrong but then one person can make a change. I see I started a new job recently and um, I work in a manufacturing business, I work in a big factory but in a factory things happen. Things operate and like production lines are going, there's the, these guys doing this and these guys doing that, but there's this one guy in the factory and he's the production manager and he's in charge of making sure that what comes in the factory comes out in a nice looking product. But when things go wrong, he's the first person people go to. He's like, Philip, everyone was wondering where this guy is. He's quite a big dude, but he's very hard to find in a factory. It's very interesting. But I don't know if you've ever been in that moment when, you, when one person can bring all the difference. And that's where we see what's happening here. People realize that Jesus has the ability to change something in their life. So they make a decision to say, hey, we're going to trust Jesus. We're going to give him a call. We're going to hopefully, but then Jesus makes these radical responses that I believe is part of this plan. Is that good? Then if we skip a bit further down to verse 17, it goes like this. It goes, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. And so now Jesus has not only taken two days to act on the news, he's taken two days to get there. So Jesus is really taking his time. So Mary and Martha are like, flip this oak, I don't know what's going on here. And then it goes, Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And when many people had come to console Mary and Martha in their loss, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But, when, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother would have not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. That is a profound little statement that, Mary, that Martha makes to Jesus. Because first of all, she's come to grips, she's getting, and she, she expresses her disappointment, her anguish, her heartbreak, her hurt. She just says, Jesus, listen, my brother wouldn't have died if you came sooner. My brother wouldn't have died if you had just 
like made a plan and got here the same day. He would have, he would have been healed. He would have, he would have prayed for him. It would have been all good. We've seen you done it. We know you can do it. But then Martha says these, these lines, which are so profound, and they just show like her belief in Jesus. They show the, the trust that she has for him. And she says, I know, I know, oh, sorry. Blame it on Craig. It's Craig's fault. It says, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And I don't know about you, but in a hard situation and when life brings chaos, I don't know about you, but I don't have that response in me. I don't sometimes, I haven't had that response in the past when life has brought chaos, when life has brought confusion and anguish and heartbrokenness. I don't know if I would have had the faith in that in those moments to say, I know that God can do what he can do. So I want to encourage you, whether, whether you've had a good year or a bad year, or whether you're going through the most right now, or whether you're actually looking forward to 2024, I want to encourage you that like, there's always opportunity when Jesus is on your scene, or in your story, in your situation, for there's a miracle to happen. And I want to encourage you, even if you can have, like, muster up the smallest bit of faith to utter those words as God, I know you can do whatever you need to do. You see, when I was about 16 years old, um, I remember my parents sat us down and we had a bit of an awkward family conversation as my parents mentioned that they were getting separated. And it was quite like a big slap in the face. It was quite a life-changing moment as I was doing well in school. Uh, life was good. I had all the friends, you know. I was getting the grades. I was uh, looking good. It was what I thought. <laughs> and life brought this like ridiculous, crazy moment, like change of, of tone in my family life. And it was this complete turnaround. It was complete like, yo, I don't know what happened. And I, I felt a bit like Mary and Martha's situation where in the, in the first little bit, I, I just prayed out to Jesus. I was like, Jesus, just do something. I was like, I, I felt like I sent word to God. And I was like, Jesus, please, like my parents' marriage needs to get sorted out. We can do this. Like we, we got this. We're praying, praying for my mom, praying for my dad. But then as the, the, the weeks went by, as the years went on, I realized that the hope started to, to die away. You know, my, my prayers started to change as I started to figure out what exactly was going on in the situation. I started to realize that maybe my parents getting back together wasn't actually the plan. And it just started to, just started to slowly come to peace, just like how Mary and Martha here weren't. They, they slowly started to realize like, hey, Jesus, you're here, but it's done. You know, the damage is done. Lazarus is gone. It's all over, but we can move on. Maybe there's a plan you have for this. But as, but as my life went on, I just slowly, slowly, slowly found peace in the fact that like life was just as it is, you know. I was just a, the kid from a divorced family. I was just one of the statistics in this area that we live in. And that, that's, how just, that's how I thought it was. And as it went on, I, um, and things started to get a bit better, you know. My mom found healing, my dad found healing. And it was just this, this moment when I was about like 20, 21, and I just like, life was okay. You know, like life was good. I just had kind of accepted my reality. But the reality is that as you're going to read on in the scripture, you'll see if Jesus is on the scene and in your situation, there's always an opportunity for a miracle. You see, there's always opportunity for a miracle when you're able to trust in God. You see, when you're able to put your faith in Jesus and able to say, Jesus, I trust you, even though maybe you can't see the hope in the situation. Because in reality, there was no hope for my parents to get back together. That wasn't a thing that I was praying for. That wasn't a thing that I was maybe writing about. That wasn't a thing that I was trying to like, like trust God for. I was just like, thank you, God, that there's no animosity between everyone. Thank you, God, that there's just peace. That was, my, that was my head space. That was my reality. But what I didn't know is that Jesus had another plan. I don't know that Jesus was in the, in the story doing his work like he always did. I don't know that Jesus was making a change before my very eyes that I didn't even see coming. You see, as you read further down in the scripture, as it goes to verse 32, 
you'll see this beautiful, beautiful moment. It says, when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she followed his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would have died, wouldn't have died. You see, Mary didn't even have the faith to say what Martha did. You see, Mary just had said, Jesus, you know what? It's, it's like if you just came a bit sooner, it would have been better. But now that you're here, I don't know what, what's happening. And then the most profound thing starts to happen in the next couple of verses. And it says, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing up, wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. And he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Sorry, there we go. So Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb and the cave with the stone that rolled away across the entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. And I don't know about... I don't know about you guys, but when I read that, one question I had this week as I was reading for it, as I was preparing, as I realized like what is going on in the scripture, I was like, why would Jesus be angry at this situation? I was like, why would Jesus be angry? You know, Jesus is literally going there to heal this, to raise this oak from the dead. You know, God has a plan. Jesus says the sickness will not end in death. So Jesus is, is knowing what's going to happen. Jesus is knowing what's going to happen. Yet when he gets to the scene and he sees Mary, who's so broken, so hurt, he sees there's a group of people who are hurting, who's, who's deeply troubled. Jesus starts to get, as the other, other um, versions of Scripture say, he was a gro- deeply groaned in the spirit, where deep anger started to all of the And I wonder, like, why would Jesus be angry? Why would Jesus be angry? Would he be angry at the Mary for not having the faith that Martha have, had? Would he be angry at the bystanders making snarky comments at him? I was just like, why would he be angry? What is the point of that little scripture? Why would that happen? And as I started to, to read it, as I started to meditate it all, I started to understand that, that Jesus wasn't angry at the, the unbelief. He wasn't angry at the, 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 the lack of faith. No, it was just Jesus', Jesus response in this moment and the fact that there was the shortest verse in the Bible where it says Jesus wept. The fact that Jesus experienced all this just shows the extent of his compassion that he has for us. It shows us that even in our brokenness, even in our lowest moments, that you know when you're in that moment when you're like, no one understands what I'm going through, no one can help me, no one can sympathize with me, Jesus is able to understand and connect with you on the lowest or lowest of your moments in life. You see, this shows the, the, the overwhelming compassion that Jesus has for us. The fact that Jesus is going to this place to raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus knows what's going on. Jesus understands the mission. He's accepted it. He's on his way. He's going to make something happen. He's going to do a miracle like he always does. But in this moment, Jesus realized that he's able to connect with Mary on such a deep level of compassion out of the love that he has for you and me. You see, I want to encourage you that Jesus loves us so, so much. That even in the lowest moments, in your brokenness, in your hurt, in your pain, that Jesus is able to do so much more than you even can ask him for. Maybe you're in a situation like I was with my parents and I wasn't even asking them for them to get back together. I was just like, it's done, it's dusted, I'm just gonna move on. I was living my life, I was moving up, I was finishing uni, I was getting jobs, I had a girlfriend, life was good. But then one day I remember getting sat down in that same lounge that I was told about the devastating news and I just got this news that my parents were able to, starting to rekindle their relationship that hope was entering the story, that peace was starting to come again. And in that moment, I didn't realize how hurt I was, how much pain I was, but I'm so thankful that I serve a God who knew exactly what I was going through. 
I'm so thankful that I serve a God that when he's in the situation, there will be a miracle. You see, I remember that day as I stood at my parents' wedding, six years later, after they got divorced, as they re-exchanged re their vows, as they recommitted their lives to one another, I'm so grateful that, that Jesus was in my situation. I'm so grateful that I just had the ability to trust in Him, even the little bit that I could have. You know, you see Mary and Martha in the situation, they're able to trust in Jesus just a little bit. And the Bible tells us that's all you need, just a little bit of faith. Just a little bit of faith, but even if you have faith for this, the beautiful thing about God is that He gives us so much more than we can ask for. That is, that we serve the God of how much more? The God of how much more? The fact that I was able to stand there with my parents on that day as they got remarried and just completely blown away by the kindness and the compassion that Jesus had poured out in my life. And able to, that He was able to do so much more just as the scripture goes down and as the story comes to land, it goes, it ends with Jesus saying, Lazarus, come out of the grave. And in that moment, Jesus mentions to Martha, she said, that it, he says these crazy lines. He said, did I not tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? And I want to encourage us today that what are you believing God for? What are you trusting in Him? What are you, what are you asking Him for? But also think back, what are you not, what are you not asking Him for? Well, what is that miracle that in your head is too far gone? What is that miracle in your mind that you like, I'm just gonna write that off, I'm just gonna put that to the side, I'm just gonna move that and leave that down there because I wanna encourage you that if you're able to trust Jesus just a little bit, if you're able to believe, you will see God's glory come. You will see the glory of God come down in every situation because Jesus made a promise in the beginning of the scripture. He says, the sickness will not end in death. Now, no matter what happened throughout the story, no matter all the plot twists that came about, no matter all the people that got involved, the ultimate end was with God getting His glory and Lazarus walking out of the grave alive, healed and well, free of sickness, free of death, free of pain, and there was this joy. And I want to encourage you as we go into this Christmas season, as we go into this, this, this festivities and the, all the, the, the good times and the hope and whatever, whatever happens in your household for Christmas, whatever kind of year that you've had, I want to encourage you that there's a, there's a God who cares. There's a God who cares and His compassion runs deep. It runs deeper than you can ever imagine. He's able to meet you at your lowest moment, but ultimately there's a God who can do miracles. And I wanna encourage you as we, as I land this evening, I hope I preach long enough. <laughs> but um, there's this amazing little moment, a couple of verses up from the end, where Jesus Jesus mentions to, to Martha's having this interesting conversation with, with Jesus. And you see, it's, it's easy to, as a Christian, as a believer, to understand the fact that when Jesus is in your life, maybe there can be miracles. Maybe, maybe, maybe you understand this on a, like a deep level or, or shallow level, whatever it is. But if, you, but if you're not, not a believer of Jesus, it's an interesting thing to grapple with, the fact that this God in heaven who came down as a baby is able to have the power to change your life completely. And you see, Mary, Martha has this interesting conversation where Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And Martha, who's a good Christian, um, a good, good follower of Jesus back in the day, she understood the scriptures. She knew, and she knew what happened in the last day as it says, everyone will rise again. She knew that. She understood, she understood the scripture. But then Jesus says these, these amazing lines, and it says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives within me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And I wanna just leave that there for you this evening, whether you are here 
a follower of Jesus who's on the journey of, of, of living a life for Him, or you're here and you don't know about this God. You don't know about this person of, of Christ who laid His life down so that we could have freedom. I wanna encourage you that, that as Jesus asked this question, do you believe this? I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to ask yourself that question this evening. And, and as you do that, believe in the resurrection power that Jesus has to offer. That maybe you don't actually have a physical death you're trying to get raised from the dead. Or maybe there's just financial trouble in your story. Maybe there's like relational battles that you fight in. Whatever it is, I know the Christmas season sometimes can bring out the worst in families and the worst in things that are happening. And as 2024 comes around the corner really, really quick, I wanna encourage you, do you believe today in the resurrection power of Jesus? Do you believe that he is not just able to resurrection, but re resurrect people, but he is the resurrection, that he is the life, that he is the life to abundance. So can I pray for everyone? Is that cool, man? I'm gonna ask everyone to stand. And as I land, I want to pray for everyone here who's saying, who has a, who has a miracle that, 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 that they are trusting God for, that they've forgotten about. Maybe it's something that you, that, that when the situation went down, you were praying for it, back in the day, but you just stopped. I wanna encourage you, if that, if that is you, I wanna, I wanna pray for you this evening. I wanna pray for you that that, that miracle will, will, birth, will birth something new in you that you were able to hope again. That as like Jesus arrived as a baby in a manger, that signified that there was a new hope in this world. I wanna encourage you that today, as, we, as you can start over all again, before the end of the year, that there was a new hope because of the resurrection power that Jesus brings. Is that good? I'm gonna pray for us this evening. Dear God, I just thank you for each and every single person here. I just thank you that you are the resurrection and the life, Jesus. That you're not, able, not only able to raise dead people from the grave of God, but you can raise souls to life, Jesus. That whatever situation people are needing you to do a miracle, God, I just pray that, that they will just trust you a little bit more, God, so that you can show them how good you can be, Jesus. And I just pray that you just do an amazing work today in this group of people, God, that as the year goes goes to a close, Jesus, as we celebrate your birth and your life, Jesus, at Christmas, Jesus, I just pray that people catch a glimpse of the power that you have, God, to bring death to life, Jesus, to bring souls that are dead back into life, God, to bring situations that are, that, that are hopeless back into hope, Jesus. I just pray this in your name and everyone said,